You're listening to the Roaring Repeater Podcast on 7220sports.com. Here's Cody. All right, guys, welcome into the Roaring Repeater Podcast. I am indeed Cody Tucker, and today I am joined by Kyle Cedar. I think we might just start calling you the crack staff guy because you're always just pulling up the interesting stuff and you're like the first one to go to your phone and actually look stuff up instead of just guessing. Just instead of winging it. It's a miracle. Yeah. Well. It's a miracle how many people write me to ask a question like what time does a game start instead of Googling it. It's unbelievable. Always kind of the reason you write stuff is so those <laughs> those questions get answered. <laughs> and then they still ask you. Yeah. It never ends. Also, first time on the show, Grant Storbo, the, uh, you guys might know him as the on-site producer for Learfield. Uh, we'll call you Kevin McKinney and Reese Monaco's right-hand man. That's not a bad way to put it. Not a bad way to put it. I'm with Kevin and Reese a bunch. You know, it's been a fun season. Thanks for having me on. It's yep. been bump bump to talk Pokes athletics. Here. Absolutely. Well, and you've seen it all. You've had a front row to everything. That's got to be a pretty fun job. Uh, best seat in the house to sit there. Every once in a while I have to fight around, you know. Coaches or refs or whatever to see what's going on, but I wouldn't trade my seat with anyone else's in the house, man. It's pretty fun to be that close to the bench, especially now that we're winning some games. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't as fun the last, uh, let's say the uh, pre-before Linder uh, the BL days. Yeah, there BM days. There were some times where you know the pokes were taking them on the chin, and the it was. Uh, not as much fun to go to those games. Let's just put it that way. I don't want to trash what was going on there, but it's a lot more fun now that you can see kind of the structure that Coach Linder's built. Yeah. Well, I think we talked about it a little bit the other night. It's funny. That was the first year of 7220 covering Allen Edwards last season, and we talked about it the other day. I was like, man, I saw a tweet from TJ Taylor. I forgot that guy even played at Wyoming. I'm trying to think of even the guys who were on that team. A.J. Banks. Jake Hendricks. Jake Hendricks. Porter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there Porter. Was some... and, and then there was times where you're writing about him and you're like, man, this guy might be pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. The, all the optimism. And you got to, even those bad times, you kind of got to have the optimism. Yeah. But then now, when you have a team like this, and you look back on those and you're like, eh, maybe oh, they weren't so good. Dude, rough times. Rough times. Well, guys, I think we're all still on cloud nine a little bit after last night's game. I know my ears were uh, ringing well past the time I got home last night. And yep. then, uh, you know, I'm awake anyway. Might as well watch the replay. So mm-hmm. and I'm glad I did because caught some extra interesting stuff. And, and that's a game you almost have to watch twice. Of course, Cowboys pulling off the huge, huge border war victory last night in overtime, 84-78 over the CSU Rams. David Roddy at the line with 1.7 seconds to go. He hits two free throws. The Rams all but win that thing. He misses the back end. And I don't know about you guys. When Roddy <laughs> was the one who got fouled, I was going, this is their best player. This yeah. is the this guy is that's going to get to wave goodbye to all 7,500 Cowboy fans and wave them out. I'll never forget uh, Nico Carvacho in mm-hmm. the A waving goodbye. Thankfully, the Pokes got revenge in the conference tournament that year. But I was just picturing Ugh. the Rams waving goodbye after he hit him hitting those two free throws. Well, and the, Cow- the Cowboys couldn't lose that game last night because of that crowd. They mm-hmm. haven't had a crowd like that in 100 years. Mm-hmm. And it it would have been so disappointing to not win that game and not build on that momentum, which weather pending should pour over into the Boise State game, which is now the biggest game of the year. And I think we're going to say that a lot this year, but by far the biggest game of the year so far. The Cowboys have a chance of first place, Kyle. Yeah, and I think, you know, kind of down the stretch last night, I was thinking we got to get this one because we're going to be underdogs going into 
Fort Collins, oh, yeah. even though that crowd isn't as good as the one last night because we just travel better than they do. Zing. But you kind of you got to get those home, you know, big games especially. Yeah. You got to take care of that, and then you know you hope you steal a couple on the road. Yeah, you had to hold that momentum, and, that, and that's the thing. That's the biggest difference between when I see some fans nitpick this team, and I get it. This team already has three conference road wins. Yep. There's many years the Cowboys never had two conference road wins. May, even getting one is not always a guarantee. Yeah. I mean, what did Adam tell us last week or the week before? I mean, there was two-year stretch where I don't think they won one. Not even game. a road game, period. Uh-uh. Let alone in conference. Exactly. Yeah, man. Good, really good game. And, of course, uh, we have to start with uh, Hunter Maldonado. Um 35 points, career high. The guy was just – he's just so impressive. And after the game, talking to him, he he kind of, you know, you know, in his own Maldonado way where he's so laid back, he just kind of like, yeah, I mean, their guards are 6'2". I'm 6'7". Uh, they're not going to double me. I'm going to the rack. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah, he was just backing guys down last night. And this kind of been back-to-back games, both the Air Force game and the CSU game. We're in the first half. Wyoming really didn't have a ton going offensively, and he was kind of the guy that was just going and going. I think he had, what, 18, 20 mm-hmm. 18. down in Colorado Springs, and he had 18 last night yep. in the first half. And it's one of those things where the team maybe gets off to a slow start, and Maldo just kind of goes, no, no, no. we're yeah. not. I'm going to make sure that we're still in this game going yeah. into the second half. That's the beauty, though, guys, of Lender in this inside-out game. Those are high-percentage shots when you're closer to the hoop mm-hmm. instead of having to rely on the outside stuff all the time, which some nights that can go away in a hurry. What did the Cowboys hit in there for? Three, four, I think, we were, four I think threes? two for 16. I think we were, or the Pokes were two for 16. Yeah, I mean, it was rough from deep. And if you have to rely on that, you're screwed. I mean, oh. you're totally screwed. Yeah, I mean, and that's something where they love shooting threes, but – you got to get those high percentage looks because then everybody collapses on Ike and Maldonado and whoever else may be trying to post up. Odin occasionally will post up a guy and cause a mismatch with his athleticism. He shot a really nice turnaround. Lately, he's kind of developed it. But it's one of those things where when you have an inside game that's so good, the outside frees up for Jeffries and Ducell. Yeah, and especially Maldo. I mean, he hit that three late in the game. Mm -hmm. If he gets that going, it's going to open – just so much more on the inside for him and EK if he's even a threat on the outside. And I think that's an area where Maldo has really stepped up his game just in the last maybe, I don't know, three, four weeks. Early in the season, he was not great from he beyond was the arc. Yeah, he was not great from the beyond the arc. And really, in Hawaii, you could kind of see him grasp that three-point shot, and he just has kept it going. When those guys go under screen, yeah. he doesn't hesitate to stop and pull it, and that's changed his offensive game. And now we see him going for 30-plus points back-to-back nights. And that's exactly what he did on that three on the top of the key. He thought that defender thought he was going to go in and roll off, and he just popped up, and he got stuck kind of in the middle of the key. And he goes, all right, I'm going to pull. So it was pretty. It was a pretty shot too. And Maldonado has sixty six points in the last seventy two hours, <laughs> and including a game winner in his hometown against Air Force, coast to coast for the lay in high off the glass. He was twelve of nineteen last night from the field against the Rams. That's impressive enough. More impressive, ten for eleven from the free throw line because that guy's going to go the free throw line a bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, when he causes those mismatches, he's six seven. He gets six two six three guards on him. 
there's only one way to guard a six seven guy. Either let him shoot it right over the top of you, or you smack him in the arm when he shoots it and send him to the line. And yeah. that's where he's growing. He's it sounds stupid because he's kind of the grandpa of this team. You know, yeah. he's been in Laramie for how many, however many years, but heck, he's still growing, and you can see his offensive game growing. It's really the first year where he is taking it to another level offensively, in my oh. opinion. Yeah, you you have to feel unbelievably good for Hunter Maldonado. He was here during some of the leanest times in the history of this program, which mm-hmm. is a very rich traditional program in this game. That dude, I, I've said it a hundred times. I've wrote it a hundred times. The graveyard across the street had way more happening than inside that building. Yeah, during the majority of his career. So what an unbelievable feeling it had to be last night for him to see that many people show up and then for him to put out like that. It's got to be even sweeter, too, when he's when you beat back-to-back teams from Colorado yeah. where he's he from. He said he wanted to go to CSU, too. They just didn't recruit him. Chip on your shoulder. Yeah, got to roll with that. He said he went to three camps there. And really? Nothing. He said Eustacey didn't want him. Eustacey decided to go the JUCO route and the transfer route. And uh, I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it has to kill... Ram fans, which doesn't make me feel bad at all. Yeah. When you look through <laughs> Wyoming's basketball history and see how many Wyoming greats mm-hmm. have come from that state on the football, Josh I, Adams, it, yeah, Josh Adams, awesome. You know, mm-hmm. you can go to the football field. I mean, oh. shit, Chad Muma, we saw him this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just guy after guy that pokes will go down and. Pull them out of Denver, Colorado Springs, Fork, wherever it may be. Yep. I'll go find them. Yep. And all of a sudden. Yeah, meanwhile, CSU and CU, they're, well, CSU more than CU, but, you know, they they think that they're almost above that talent level. The times that these guys are in high school and they go to Texas and California and try to recruit out of state, then it just ends up burning them. Guys, how about the biggest pickup from Colorado? Uh, Jeff Linder. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't. He grew up pretty close to Fort Collins as well. Yeah, he's. Uh, you know, I think we talked about. it. I think both of all three of us have talked about it. Uh, I, the only time I ever remember questioning Jeff Lunder in anything he's pulled since he's been here was not going to Graham E.K. more in the middle when Armis went out against Boise State the other night mm-hmm. in, in Idaho. Other than that, the guy pulls all the right strings. He knows his team inside and out. I mean, you're closer to him than any of us uh, because you, you're you at shoot-around and you see this. Um, the guy is dialed in. He is so smart. He just looks at basketball in a different way than a, a lot of guys I've ever been around look at basketball, just look at the game of basketball. He never second-guesses himself. You know, He just knows what he wants to do. He does it, and then he demands that out of his staff and his players. And I think the other thing he's done is he's surrounded himself with a great staff. I think his assistants know the goal, know what Coach Linder wants to get done, whether it's Coach Wicks, Coach DeWeese, Coach Vandiver, Coach Rogers, whoever it is, Mm -hmm. they're just jumping right in and doing as Coach Linder wants them to do, getting them to watch the correct film, get the correct scout on. And it shows on game day, I mean, nearly every time, you run down the floor. The players are communicating with the bench about what, like they they just track everything. What plays the other team is running, what actions they're running. They they just track everything, and that's that's a part of Linderlytics, as sometimes <laughs> as Coach Wicks calls it on Twitter. Say so you better trademark that. <laughs> I've been I've been paying attention to. You're obviously a lot closer to the huddle and stuff, but I the games that I've been to, I've been trying to pay attention to what's going on during timeouts in the huddles. And you can tell it's very organized. You know, Linder's got the starters kind of in there, 
and then the the assistant coaches are outside the huddle talking about whoever's got the scout that week. They're talking there to them, and then they're kind of relaying the information back into the huddle. It just seems like it's not very chaotic at all. Yeah. No, everyone knows their job. They do it from the manager, from the equipment managers to the BC beers at the end of the bench to the role players to the assistant coaches to Coach Linder. You know, and one thing he does a very good job of, which he's attributed a lot of this to Coach Rice at Boise, was that when he was at Boise, Coach Rice let him as an assistant do his thing. And when he had his scouts, he kind of did the coaching and he's kind of applied that to this program. And you can see it when Coach DeWeese has a scout. You know, he's kind of the bigger voice especially you know throughout the week and whatever they're doing in the huddle they you're always turning and asking what's this inbounds play going to be what's this sideline out of bounds play going to be what's this set going to be they snapped and did the you know made a hand motion what's that we need to know stuff like that and yeah. that's kind of where i just think he looks at basketball through a different way than common people you know watch it right. they just see the play and see the dunk and cheer and mm-hmm. he yeah. just sees it completely different well how about from a, a human element too i think there's they have a really good mix on that coaching staff of good cop bad cop type stuff going on because lenders he's tough <laughs> he's tough and then you got sonny who will kind of throw his arm around you and then you got deweese who's kind of the straight up almost like teacher like guy yeah absolutely linder is a very demanding coach and you have to have the good cop, bad cop. If you're going to be the bad cop, which sometimes, you know, Coach Linder, he will get into a guy when he's not seeing what he wants. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Then you almost immediately see Sundance or Coach Vandiver or somebody going down to that guy and kind of – I think it's a lot of the old don't listen to how he said it. Listen to what he said. Right. Listen mm-hmm. to the content of what he said. Not that he was it. just yelling at you because he was yelling at you, but he was saying it because he wanted you to do something a certain way. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Great way to put it. Um, also, last night, too, uh, you know, we've, I wrote about it last night on 7220sports.com, but uh, Drake Jeffries, uh, you know, last year against CSU in that very same building, Coach Lender put the ball in his hands as one of their best shooters, and he had a wide-open look, and he airballed a three, and they lost. And as I sat there and wrote my story last year, he went out on the court and shot more than 100 shots from the same exact spot, and was obviously mad at himself, but went to work. And and last night, the poor guy fouls David Roddy with 1.7 to go. He says he got all ball, and when you watch the replay, it's hard to see. They didn't have the right camera angle. It was really hard to see. Uh, but here he is with another another chance to be the goat and not in a good way, not the good kind of goat. Um, and he stands there. That had to have been a really helpless feeling to stand there and watch him put up two free throws that could have sealed the deal for the Rams. And then to see him come back and hit a gigantic dagger of a three there in overtime was just, you felt really good for that kid. And I, I will say, I... Remember that day you're talking about against the Rams last year, Kevin Reese and I were finishing up our post game, and all of a sudden here comes Drake Jeffries pushing the gun out of the back tunnel where yep. the visitors run out, yep. you know, loading it up with balls, and he shot. I, we fin- our post game typically takes you know, 35, 40 minutes. He was still shooting when I left that yeah. day. I don't know how long he stayed in the arena, but that's just a testament to the kind of you know player Drake is and how – you can't let a moment like that define you. He's in his first year as a Cowboy last year, getting his first taste of the Border War, which last year was weird with the yeah. Border War. Yeah. He played two games in Laramie, which normally I'd be like, awesome, we don't <laughs> yeah. have to go to Moby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But 
you know, uh, he, he just works so hard. And then to see that kind of transpire with the Roddy miss free throw after Drake fouled him. And then Drake, I mean, there's nothing to say about him other than that. That, well, that was a big shot. That was a massive shot. That's one of those shots that's going to be an all-timer in Wyoming basketball yep. history. I mean, that's a classic game last night, and he hit the biggest shot in it. Yeah, he went into the good side of Border War lore yeah. mm-hmm. last night. And, uh, man, I mean, he's the number four shooter in the country as far as three-point percentage. And he's just a – he's a, when he has confidence, man, he's a really good player. He's a huge weapon for this team. They mentioned on the telecast 100 times last night that Nico Medved was worried about him. Very yeah. worried about Drake Jeffries. Yeah, he deserves a lot of credit because he does a lot for Maldo. He does a lot for EK. Well, um, you mentioned the ripping rebounds. I wrote about that last night myself. Yeah. I mean, that guy plays on both in all phases. Yeah, played every single minute last night. Yep. Iron Man last night. I mean, he, Maldo came out a little in the first, but 45 minutes playing at the speed and pace and jumping up and down like Drake does. He's not just your classic Three-point line to three-point line yeah. shooter. Oh, I'm just no. going to go hang out on the arc, conserve my energy for offense, yeah. guard the worst player on the other end of the floor so no. I can have my legs. He's running all over the place. For him to play 45 minutes and then be able to hit that shot from – he wasn't he was towing deep. the three-point line he on that. Deep. Yeah, you know, there was no doubt that that was a three. He was well behind it, which he's shown this year that he has range. I mean, yeah. he may be the number four shooter in the country statistically. I'll take that guy any yeah. day of the oh, week. Yeah. And he had his legs under him. Yet, like you said, I mean, he was running around. He doesn't take plays off. He is skying over dudes for rebounds. Yeah. He's in the middle. He's trying to get steals. He takes he charges. Charge last charges. Night. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he had a great quote last night, too. Uh, you know, when asked, obviously, we asked him, what did that feel like to go from Death Valley to, you know, Cloud Nine? And he just said, it was crazy. I, I know you guys remember that air ball. And right there shows his humility right there. Who the hell wants to bring that up? Yeah. He brought it up. Um, well, he just tweeted out right here about what a special environment last night was, which we'll get to that, too, in a second. Uh, I know you guys remember that air ball. You know, Hunter Maldonado gave me that look, and I just tried to knock it down. It was a blessing. It was great. And then Hunter Maldonado says, last year he airballed it, but he responded in a big way this year. Um it's all up to him, you know. He got he's got to hit the shot. I believe in him. Uh, I trust him. The coaches trust him. The whole team trusts him, and it's starting to show. I think trust is just the best word mm-hmm. to describe this team. You know, we saw throughout the game last night, not just last night. This team's been in close games all year long from the very beginning of the year, and that's a testament to the schedule they've played. Yeah, oh, but yes. I mean, there has to be trust, whether it's Odin or Wenzel or Ducell or Jeffries or Maldo. And you know you know what you're going to get from Maldo and EK typically on a night to night basis, but those other guys are just consistently stepping up and hitting shots at big times. And it was Jeffries last night who got it at the end, but there were other guys throughout the game that were hitting big shots as it was going along, just to kind of chip in and keep Dussel. it close. Yeah, yeah. sell that deep three he hit. Yeah, Odin I, twice. I thought Odin in, the corner. in that game Odin yeah. was fantastic. And he, I don't know if you guys think this as well, but I think he's really like. Um, expanded his game because totally. he had a couple of really nice takes where guys were on him um, on the three point or on the three point line. So he's got that threat now, and he can go around guys now. Oh, and he did last night. He had a guy come flying right past him, and he just drove the lane. Mm-hmm. Nice move on Roddy last night too, under the basket, up and under. I mean, he he looks really good. He's quick. Odin to me is the guy that maybe still has the most potential oh, on yes, it. when you absolutely. watch him play he just does stuff on the floor once or twice a game where you just go 
wow, yeah. like what did that guy just do? Uh, you know, totally and agree. last night it kind of started when he hits those two threes to start the game. Yeah. That opens up the rest of the floor for him because all of a sudden CSU has to go, okay, we got to close out to this guy today or he's yeah. going to keep hitting these. All of a sudden, shot fake up and under, you know, whatever. That just opens everything up when you can either – you know, start inside and go outside when you start outside and go inside, especially when you're Odin. I know, I guarantee you, Nico Medved's scouting report on him was, you know what, out of all the guys on the floor, if somebody's going to take a three, let him, let it be Odin. Right. And when he comes out and hits the first two, you're just going, oh no, yeah. it's going to yeah. be one of well, those yeah. nights. Yeah. Well, how about him going coast to coast and blocking that, blocking that land? I don't know if it was a goaltender or not. Once again, they didn't show a slow-mo on TV of it um, when I got home, but uh regardless unbelievable effort play that's the winning plays that coach always talks about and what a sequence he blocks that they go the other way maldo finds jeffrey's three-pointer boom place erupted that was well that was one of those moments where i don't even think i don't even think that you could hear reese's call on the broadcast (laughs) because the crowd just got so into it and the levels were spiking i was like holy crap but that was one of those wow plays from odin and it's just that's just effort you see the turnover you can jog back down be like i get it out of the hoop pass it in nope he sprinted down and he that's a chase down block oh yeah that's the definition of a chase down block and then that pass from maldo To Jeffries, yeah. I mean, he was kind of patient to have everyone kind of come through, and then he just saw that lane and skipped it, and yep. bam, yep. it was nice. Well, guys, uh, the beauty of coming home and watching a game with a crying baby is um, you get to see stuff that you don't necessarily see on the broadcast or while you're live, and especially where our seats are compared to yours. I know you guys were uh, you were watching Roddy from the far end when he was up there for his free throws, but. Watching the game, I'm waiting. I'm watching him stand there at the top of the key, waiting to take his second free throw. And here comes Xavier Ducell behind him, rubs Roddy's right arm a couple of times, and then rubs his hands together and takes a few steps back. Roddy like kind of wipes his arm, steps to the line, kind of smirks. I wonder if somebody said something to him at that point. And then he hits the front of the rim. Out it goes. Xavier Ducell putting a hex on David Roddy, and it worked. Yeah, I saw. So I couldn't see him touch his arm, but I saw after Roddy kind of stepped back, I saw Ducell go up to him, yeah. and I thought he just said something to him, which I'm like, that's really smart. Yeah, hey, they even said it on the telecast. If I'm if I'm the Cowboys, actually, I have it right here. I'm telling you, if you're somebody from Wyoming right now, you want to go up and talk a little bit to Roddy and let him know what's at stake here. That's what Jess settles. The uh, color commentator from FS1 said, and I wrote, Ducell had another idea. And uh, I actually stood in front of my TV at <laughs> 4 in the morning <laughs> with my cell phone and uh, shot that. I, was, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching, and that's uh, what, a, what a leprechaun move there from the uh, freshman guard. Yeah, and that's what X does. He does stuff like that, and he's a he's a magician. You were saying and that. I'm not kidding. When I say magician, I'm not talking on the basketball court. He we had him on our coach's show a couple weeks back. Those are Monday nights, and he was our guest on it. And uh, Coach Linder said, "Ask him about his magic." Apparently, he's been into magic since he was you know a younger kid, <laughs> and he said. He told us on the show that, you know, he's kind of given it up. A little, not given it up, but he uh, doesn't quite practice it as much now that he's a Division One basketball player and stuff like that. But he's like, I still got some card tricks and stuff up my sleeve that are pretty he impressive. He had a trick last night. And, and Linder goes, yeah, he has real card tricks, not just the fake ones that little <laughs> 10-year-olds do. He's got real card tricks. But, I mean, the rubbing of his arm, I've never seen a guy do that. Like no. you said, I've seen a guy go up and say, hey, man, 
you miss this, you know, this crowd's going to go berserk and then you have to play against us in overtime, right? Like, that's what I was thinking was yeah. somebody was just going to say something, but to go up and touch the guy. And you can see Roddy, kind of, I mean, when you're that sweaty yeah. after playing 40 minutes, you know, and all your sweat gets wiped away, you're kind of like, you know, your arm gets all cold. There's no, it's not coated anymore. It's just weird. I'm thinking Roddy must have been so focused. He didn't even like look Dussel's way. Maybe yeah. I thought, maybe he thought it was a teammate who was like, hey, you got this, or... Yeah, he didn't like freak out. If if an opposing guy touched me like that, I'd be like, "Yo, get the hell off me! What the <laughs> hell do you think you're doing?" It would have tripped me out. Yeah, I, mean, I, I would have kind of lost focus. Nobody even talked about it in the post game, like from CSU's perspective. You'd think that Nico Medved would have been like, "Um, what's up with yeah. Ducell coming up, rubbing Roddy's arm before that?" But what can you call? You can't yeah. call anything. Yeah, what he did. You can he, just the ref. Tells well, the him ref to stop. did come and talk to Ducell. I don't know if he saw it or if Ducell initiated that conversation. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. Like. I think a lot of people in double A, I didn't even see that live. I, no, to be yeah. honest, I was sitting there in my chair going, please Here just miss it. All that was going through my head was, please miss this shot. Mm-hmm. Like, this cannot be how this night ends. Yeah. And so, I, you got to give credit, too, to the crowd how loud it was. Yeah. That I noticed how long in between free throws it took after he shot his first one and then in well, between the, the second one. Subbing. Oh, yeah. They were the, they were the they ones subbing. Two subs in. Yeah. And then, but the ref kind of took, I mean, it was also Roddy's kind of his fault, I guess, if you want to call it that. He, he stepped all the way back too, he did. Oh, he to kind of take a breather. Yeah, I would have wanted to just go up and fire. Give me it. the damn ball. Yeah, yeah. I don't and why are you putting Deshaun Thomas in when there's 1.7 seconds left? Cowboys aren't going to get anything accomplished no. on 1.7 seconds left. No, and if a team hits a, you know, if you get it in and a team hits a three-quarter court shot to beat you, you know it what, your congratulations, yeah. what do you do there? A yeah. guy just hit a freaking 70-foot shot. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> UNL, UNLV did that in Laramie once in <laughs> 02 or something. It was the most painful experience. Oh. Yeah, that place got quiet in a hurry. Um, last night, Drake Jeffries, another thing, because we are still doing Zoom calls, we couldn't hear Je- Drake Jeffries behind the mic. Last night when he stepped up, they were still blaring music over the loudspeakers. There were still a ton of fans on the court and in the stands. Uh, but after listening to it when I got home, uh, I wish we would have heard it, you know, like you guys were able to. Um, we didn't hear it, or I would have, you know, been like, what was that all about? And I would ask Jeff Linder about it. Um, he said, uh, Jeffrey says, thankfully, X's little arm annex, he was rubbing his arm, making sure he feels us. He missed the second one, so it was good. <sighs> And I, I would say that uh, second shot from Roddy was not even close. No. It didn't have a prayer. And you go back and I watched the clip of it this morning. I mean, it came out of his hand, and that barely even got. He's to got a the weird free throw shot too. It, it's super high. Uh, yeah, he and really he shoots everything high. And I, we're going a lot of David Roddy slander right here. He's a damn good player. Yeah, he's I mean, he's a damn good really player. Good. I don't want that to get no. taken yeah, no. out of context. No. Both he and Stevens are really real good. Deals. That's a real good basketball team. Up that and down plays the line. Down south. I, I mean, I didn't see anything that you would consider a weakness necessarily with CSU. Even when they brought in Moores, I mean, he did get he was rejected fine. once, yeah. but he was he was fine too. Yeah. I really thought Kendall Moore was really good. Tanjay off the bench was incredible. Playing with a torn meniscus, just, I mean, unbelievable effort from that kid. He sparked them for sure. They outscored Wyoming's bench 27-5 to last night. Yeah. And it the whole game, I just felt like they were getting way easier looks. Oh, yeah. That's why Wyoming wasn't fouling them that much. They were kind of, CSU was just kind of cutting and running the lane. Yeah. Maybe it worked out to Wyoming's advantage, though, because, I mean, Wyoming was at the free throw line all night last night, mm-hmm. and CSU wasn't. And like, Kind of like we touched on, the way Wyoming plays when 
in a day and age of basketball, whether it be college basketball, professional, high school, the Steph Curry effect is hitting everybody where shooting threes is the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. You know, And Wyoming kind of is reversing roles and going, let's throw this back a little bit and let's play in the paint. And everyone, you know, you see some opposing teams, fans complain about, oh, Wyoming shooting all these free throws, Wyoming shooting all these free throws. Why don't you go be tough in the paint? Yeah, they are. And, them. You know, <laughs> that's what I mean. Waldo's backing your guy down and you're fouling him while you guys are running down the floor and putting up a three within 10 seconds on the shot clock. You know, mm-hmm. it's just so weird to see where basketball as a sport is right now and watching the Cowboys play because it's. It, it, they do shoot a lot of threes, but at the same time, the bread and butter comes from the inside. Yeah. You don't see teams play through the post that much anymore. But isn't no. it – we talked about this the other day when we went to dinner. Isn't it gross, though, that you got to wonder if Graham E.K. is an NBA guy because he doesn't have an outside shot and and David Roddy's not an NBA guy because he's 6'5"? Um, you know, to me, David Roddy's going to be playing tight end in the NFL one day. <laughs> I have zero doubt about it. Um we're wondering if Graham E.K. is going to be in the NBA because he's only six foot nine and he only has a wingspan of seven five and he can't shoot threes yet. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of. I, I would it. say ten years ago he's a lock, but Grant, as you know, I mean, he's just he's like sort of undersized for his position, so it's almost you know there's six nine guards, there's six nine two guards. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. I think he's got the skill set for sure. That 7-5 wingspan is going to help. And you it brought definitely. up a point earlier, Grant, that's going to help him too. He hits 70% of his, th- his free throws. That helps. Absolutely. And that's something that early in the year, yeah, I know that you had asked questions about it, and I think everyone that has watched this team all year long early in the year, you know, when you're playing the Washingtons, the Grand Canyons, the Fullertons, on the road in those tough environments – you know, there were some missed free throws, not just from Graham, but from a lot of, you know, Cowboys. And the free throw percentage is something that I can tell that Graham especially has worked on really hard. And I I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at some of the older games. But it's almost like he slowed himself down and he, does, he has a set routine, which is what any great free throw shooter will tell you. Do the same thing every time. It's an uncontested 15-footer. You know, the old Hoosiers movie, which you're yep. 15 feet away, the hoop's 10 feet up. I don't care what gym you're playing in. Mm-hmm. Right? You know what else that – I don't know if you guys had heard this or not. I didn't hear this during the game but heard it on the telecast. Graham E.K. has over 500 points now in just 31 games. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Halfway that, through the game last night, he sunk his 501st point in 31 games at Wyoming. I mean, just the impact that he had. You know, I know last year team looked a little different. You know, you had Marcus Williams, who has gone on to play for Texas A&M. And how about that that nobody talks about, that this team's so much better without him? Who would have yeah. thought? Uh, I was worried coming into this year. You, you know, you lose the freshman of the year, and you go, okay, well, who's going to step in and play those minutes? Well, you just shift your uh, power forward to point guard, and you're good to go. Well, it shows, too, the lack of ego that Jeff Linder has in his coaching style. He adjusts. Yep. Hate to bring up Craig Bull here. Uh, but I mean, for real, yeah. He said, "Hey, we just lost Marcus Williams, so guess what? You know." And and I remember during preseason when Jeff said, "I'm like, you worried about the point guard spot?" And he said, "No, no." He, would, he wouldn't say this, but I can tell they're better off defensively. Oh hell yes, no, yeah, no, they. I I think they're just so much more connected mm-hmm. as a five, and that's not a knock against Marcus. You know, he's a great player. Yeah, but yeah. defensively, sometimes you can see him, and even when you watch him now. At A and M, he will guard people, but every once in a while, when it comes to a team defense concept, I think he just kind of relaxes himself. You know, maybe when he's off ball or whatever. Yeah. But I think that 
no matter what five you put on the floor of this Wyoming team, typically they're on the same page. They're talking, they're communicating, they're talking through screens, calling out what screen coverage they want. It's just it, it just, everything just seems so much more connected, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, offensive side they're yeah. having a great year, but yeah. defensively, I just think the pokes are. On the same page. Well, we're seeing it with Boise State right now. They lose Dutrieve, who once again is a super talented guy like a Marcus Williams. They lose him, they win fourteen in a row. Yeah, and it's one of the <laughs> it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, Why would you get rid of Dutrieve? He's maybe your most talented player. Well, He's the second highest guy that Boise State's ever landed in their program. And that's incredible. And it really Boise, they're just the the run that they've ripped off in basketball, you don't really realize it or think of them as being a powerhouse. But man, they've had just consi- they're just consistently one of the better teams in this league. It doesn't it hasn't always resulted in NCAA tournament bids or anything like it hasn't been a ton of postseason success, but year to year, they're one of the best regular season teams in the league and and guess who fell out of the Leon Rice coaching tree right into Laramie, <laughs> Wyoming. Pretty nice. And you're starting to see the consistency, which is something Wyoming basketball has not had in a very very long time. Yeah, and it's almost like, you know, for Linder, he's had so many good guards in his coaching career, starting with Dame Lillard, yep. Derek Marks. So he knows what a guard, a stud guard that he likes to put in his rotation looks like. And I guarantee Marcus Williams left, and he was like, no biggie. Go find Next. I'm going to go yeah. find a dude that plays hard on both in, both ends of the floor and you know, gets kind of creates his own shot as well. I love it. He didn't last year. Think about this. Linder had no bench last year. I mean, right now they're not getting a lot of production out of the bench, but they have a bench. They at least play. Yeah. yeah. Last year they didn't have a bench. Five no. dudes, iron five. Lender benched his ass mm-hmm. before Boise State, which you know damn well that game meant a lot to Coach Lender. Yep. And he benched his ass. And he was like, you know what? That's his best coaching tool. He says it 100 million times. He couldn't use it last year. He made an exception with Marcus Williams. And also, Marcus didn't fit into the scheme that they were planning another egoless, smart, high-IQ move by Linder to slow it down against San Diego State. Yep. He knew they couldn't run with them. Obviously, Marcus wasn't following the game plan. He didn't play a lot in that game. Mm-mm. And Wyoming damn near pulled it, it off. they kept it close. Yeah. That was one where I was going, this is a legitimate chance, this San Diego State game. And I saw that they have – the Mountain West plugged in the San Diego State game February 28th. Yeah. Another yep. Monday night game in yep. the AA. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I think that that's one where, as you mentioned, you know, the Boise game where Marcus ended up being benched. And Boise is a team that Coach Linder, I think, really wants to be. You know, last year yeah. the Pokes go to San Diego State. You have to play two games at the Vieja Center against those dudes in your first year in the middle of COVID. Yeah. You know, two 30-point losses. That's a te- and then you have the performance in the Mountain West. That's a team that I'm sure that Linder and all these guys want to be. You know, these guys, they almost grab the chip on their shoulder, you know, mentality and are mm-hmm. like, why not? Why not us? Why is? Why should it not be the Wyoming Cowboys? Why right. should it not be Drake Jeffries and Xavier Dussel? You know, how yeah. much does it say though that Marcus Williams hasn't been part of the narrative at all this year? Mm-mm. That says so much. Like he's a special player. Oh, we haven't talked about him at all. It would no have been need. so easy to start blaming things. And oh. now, obviously, when you have the year you're having right now, you're not going to look back at last year all that much. But it would have been so easy to look and be like, well. It would have been a lot easier if we had Marcus, but you're right. No one said it. Yeah. Not a word. Yeah, we would have finished, you know, higher than ninth 
in the preseason poll if we had Marcus Williams. Yeah. That would have been an easy narrative to fall into for ninth sure. Ninth in the poll. That says a lot about how really good this conference is, but yeah. ninth? Ninth. There's no uh, way in hell there's eight teams in this conference that were better than Wyoming, even on paper coming into this game. But the media, in preseason, they were the ones thinking, what is this team going to do without Marcus Williams? Mm-hmm. People exactly. are underestimating Jeff Linder. His IQ oh. is through the roof. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's what people are starting to figure out, is that anytime you play a Linder coach team, I mean, shit, Cowboys figured that out when he was at Northern Colorado. I know that Northern Colorado <laughs> sure walked into the AA a couple times and beat the Cowboys beat when handily. he was there, you know? Yeah. And it was those Coach Linder teams with the guards running all over the place, the big guys that can shoot threes, the classic Coach Linder teams. Well, guys, I don't know if you saw this, but the old Wyoming tradition started. There was a lot of old Wyoming traditions that came out last night, but one that started coming out right after that game Oh, I wonder, how are we going to hang on to Jeff Linder? Oh, my God. Well, I hope Jeff Linder doesn't leave. Would you just shut the yeah. F up? For Appreciate real. it. Enough. Enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Enough. Appreciate it. You think Jeff Linder's going to be here for 20 years? He's not. No. He's not. And you know what? He is, his, his trajectory right now is incredible. He's going to be an incredible major, high major basketball coach mm-hmm. one day. If not an NBA guy, I don't know. I don't know if NBA guys can be coached. Yeah, I, like he coaches, but he's going to be at a big school. No, no doubt about it. I don't know when, but why even think about that? No, you don't think about that. It doesn't. I, I mean, it just seems a little unrealistic to expect a guy like Coach Leonard. I mean, a younger coach. You know, this is what his second head coaching job ever. Yeah. How many guys find their second head coaching job ever and go, "Yep, this is where I want to be." Yeah, forever. Yeah. You know, and breaking news: Nico Medved's gone. Too. Yeah, oh He's, yeah, that's a really good. Like we yeah. said, that's a really good team down there, and it yeah. has to do a lot with Coach Medved. Oh. And so, it, it. We were talking about this when we had dinner the other night. It's not always a bad thing to be a stepping stone. It's if not people a good are coming thing. in and grabbing your guys. That means that you're doing something exactly. correctly, and people want your guys. And if he 100%. leaves it in a good spot, I can't even believe we're talking about this. I'm sorry <laughs> yeah. I brought it up. But if he leaves it in a good spot, too, you're going to get another good coach in. Well, people need to have this perspective. Yes. Because they're like, oh, my gosh, but I can't believe we're going to Stepping stone is a cuss word. Yeah. That means the athletic director made a good hire. Yeah. And you we know what? I was one of those dipshits before I started in you know getting into the media world. I was one of those guys because – I was never more smitten in my life like when Dana Dimmel left the Wyoming Cowboy football team. I could not believe it, especially to go to Houston. Mm-hmm. I was pissed off. I was sad. And there's a lot of older Wyoming fans who've been a, through a hell of a lot worse than me. But here's the sick part, and we've talked about this, Kyle. Dana Dimmel was the last football coach that left. Late 90s. That's you want your coaches to leave. Instead, they're getting fired because they're not winning. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's not rocket science. And really, it's a lot of people equate it to be oh, Wyoming's a small school, you know, a group of five school, whatever that means these yeah. days, <laughs> it, you know. But it's not a bad thing for people to come in and want your guys, like we said. And it's no. just, it's one of those things that's inevitable. Coaches rarely, and you know, you can count on probably your hands how many coaches truly stay at a place for 10, 12, 15, 20 yeah. years. Yeah. That doesn't happen even at big schools. No, like I think of Billy Donovan. He was there at Florida for 15 years, and he even wanted to change the scenery. I, I think the thing that hurt Wyoming fans is the fact that uh, – I think about this a lot. They used to have a Rocky Mountain kickoff luncheon every year, and uh, it was Wyoming, CSU, and Air Force, and the head coaches would show up, and then the fans would be there, and you'd have a luncheon and all that, just a nice little friendly kickoff the year. There's Fisher DeBerry, there's Sonny Lubick, there's whoever the hell's Wyoming's coach that day. Mm-hmm. That hurt. 
that hurt because that was weird. Like you guys are talking about, that's weird longevity that CSU and Air Force had. Yeah. Air Force has only had like five or six head coaches in their entire career, but that's a whole new monster in, in Colorado Springs. Yeah, the academy's yeah. definitely. But CSU, yeah. you know damn well Sonny Lubick could have got a job. And I tell you what, guys, if Craig Bowles 20 years younger, um, he would have left after Allen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he would have been picked up by somebody, but he's an older guy. And Lubick, I mean, I I watched um, the U, that 30 for 30. Yeah. I mean, he was... He was rumored to have he was, he was yeah he was a part guy. he was a part of it and then when after he went to CSU he was also rumored in the early 2000s to take that job. Yep. I watched Trojan War that 30 for 30. He was rumored to take the job before Pete Carroll. Well, he could have left. But it also de- depends on how old these guys are. Yeah. So it's when Linder leaves cuz he will. Um it's also Wyoming becomes attractive to younger head coach cuz they see that it can be done there, and then go on to Bingo. something else. Yeah. And I think nights like last night, I mean, if you're in an interview process, mm-hmm. you play a night like last night, the crowd that was there, the support that you can get when yep. you get it going the correct direction at a place like Wyoming, any young head coach, whether it's an assistant you know, uh, at a smaller school like Coach Linder was at Northern Colorado before this, they go, man, I can either go – to Cal State Fullerton, for example. We were at Cal State Fullerton earlier this year, mm-hmm. where Kevin and I were for that uh, game. There's nobody in the gym. You can take a job out there. Yeah, is there a lot of talent in L.A.? Is it, Are you living in L.A.? Yes, you are. There was also 200 nobody. people in the stands, and there was a bunch of little kids' basketball teams there. And they, so were, like, and they were playing <laughs> on a volleyball court? Yeah, exactly. So it's one of those things where, yes, you can, you know, Go take a job in maybe a more fun town, ta- a bigger city or whatever. But you're not going to find a place that cares about your program no. more than right here. The so. beauty of it too is like, okay, so how many diehard Cal State Fullerton fans have you met in your life? Um, zero. And it was kind of, I saw that firsthand in Michigan. Like my wife went to Central Michigan, and she said it was no thing to be in class and have kids in class wearing Michigan and Michigan State stuff. <laughs> That sucks. Mm-hmm. That really sucks. Uh, you don't have that here. You don't have that problem, and that's a beautiful thing. You, We've all met – I know we live here and we're from here, but we've met thousands and thousands of diehard Wyoming Cowboys fans that don't have another team. Right. But Cal State Fullerton, everybody has another team, and they probably don't even go – they've probably never even been to a Cal State Fullerton game. Yeah, it's just one of those things where Wyoming is just such a special place, and I know that a lot of those people on the social media yesterday were poking fun at Laramie and poking fun poke at Wyoming. Poke away. Poke yeah. away, man, and stay down south. I don't care where you yeah, are. I'm sorry we don't have a Starbucks on every corner, and I'm sorry we don't have a Bed Bath & Beyond and a strip mall around every corner. I'm really sorry. Um, we have everything. That's why I never understood. There's nothing to do here. Why? Because we don't have stupid shit like that? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, we're not a bunch of yuppie, hippie bastards. I'm sorry. I when, when I was walking <laughs> out the- after the game, I was walking out of the double A, and um, you know everyone was chirping. It was awesome. And That's some CSU good. fan was walking out. He goes, "We'll see you in Fort Collins." I go, "Yeah, we will." That's yeah. how the, hey, that's how the schedule works. <laughs> but we travel, unlike yeah. your fans. Yeah, no doubt. Well, and it's a perfect segue into something we need to talk about, and we need to talk about it as much as possible. The, the crowd was unbelievable. Uh, Nick Kuzma, who's a sports anchor for KGWN-TV here in Wyoming, he is from Hershey, Pennsylvania originally. He just texted me instead, still setting in how awesome last night was. By far the best atmosphere I've had or I've seen since covering sports in Wyoming. And it's the truth. Uh, that had some O2 feelings to it mm-hmm. last night. Ooh. 
It was really fun. I don't care how you feel about the student section cussing. It was fantastic. It was just like the old days. It yeah. was awesome. And they were jazzed 30 minutes before tip-off. Oh, I have never been at a game. We were sitting in the media room a little before. I had just come into the media room when you had walked in there. And uh, when they opened the doors at 5 o'clock, I had never seen people enter this double-A like that. I've to never try and get people. a front row seat. Oh, I had people that I know that still go to school in Laramie. They were like, I'm outside the double A right now. My brothers are over there right now. I, people started running in. I texted my brothers. I was like, if you want to get a decent spot in the student section, you better get off the couch and come to the double A. I know stuff. that there's yeah, 50 awesome. minutes before tip off, but that's what it was. They just rushed it. it. It was crazy. And it was one of those things where you're just like, wow, man, the energy is back. And we were talking about the Boise State game. We need the crowd back for that. But the students, I think, are going to show up from now, and they just saw how much fun that that can be. That can be That's what more. They, they it's going to be win. so much fun. Yes, yes. I had to win. Had to win. Because then it becomes a thing that you go do. Like it was my senior year in Laramie, 2015, was kind of the last time that I rem- remember the Double Eight being close to that, the Nance era, and everyone went. Like. Yeah. It wasn't like, hey, are you guys going to go to the basketball game tonight? It's like, what time are you guys going to be there? Like, yeah. What should we do before? Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, in that, you know, um, it, it could have been, if they would have lost last night, it could have been that whole deal over again. Well, we went last time. Yeah, we had fun, but, you know. Lost. Yeah, we lost. It's a Thursday. I got I have class in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, that they had to win that game. It was absolutely imperative. Um, the crowd was unbelievable. The whiteout worked. It worked because the university put shirts on people's seats. <laughs> that yeah. helps. What a concept. Yeah. yeah. So great job to the university. It was a beautiful sight. Uh, just the aesthetics of the whole thing. I see these old fuddy-duddies bitching about the Cowboys uniforms wearing one time. Get over it. I had a guy write me yesterday. So I mean, this morning. So embarrassing. He's some old asshole. And he writes me and he says, that game, that win is diminished because we're wearing New Mexico colors. Um, Wyoming, that's an embarrassment. I, I didn't respond to him because I, I try not to respond to people like that. But my God. They're Are wearing you? Phillies colors. Yeah, They're yeah. wearing Bills colors. Yeah, yeah, They're wearing- are you kidding me? It's the state flag. It's the state flag, and it's, it's one once time a year. year. One time. It's awesome. I get it. Like, I would not enjoy it all that much if they wore them constantly. All the time, yeah. But to pull them out once a year. And to uh, play that team. Yeah, yeah, and to win in them. I think that's yeah. cool. You know, what if those become the uniforms that you pull out for big games, and it juices everybody up, and you start winning big games And that's what you said juice up is perfect. The kids love it. Oh. Yeah, people mm-hmm. eat the players that up. love it. They eat that stuff up when they walk into the locker room and you see all these brand new shooting shirts and you get a new pair of shoes to match the uniforms because you're not going to wear your gold ones with mm-hmm. the red, white, and blue. Jer- you know, sometimes it's not about the old fans that are used to tradition. It's about what's going on right now. And there's something special going on in that building right now that people need to enjoy and get over the uniform. Well, people thing. just find anything to bitch about. And it's just incredible to me that that was what the hill that guy decided to die on. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm baffled. I, I think they were, they're cool. The one time a year, that's a great thing. The kids love it. Um, everybody in the crowd had the white shirts on with the state flag on it. You're getting the state flag out there. You're getting, you know, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, even CSU doing it, that's fine. I don't yeah. have a problem with any team doing no. it. You know? We can do that because we're the only damn, you know, we only have one university in the state. Yeah. So Wyoming can do that. 
It's uh, yeah. I don't know. That stuff just frustrates me to all hell. It's a weird thing to get worked up about. I know the football players were ecstatic when they walked in and saw gold jerseys before the opener. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just especially new. from Craig Bull doing it. Oh. How do you think Oregon gets so many recruits? Yeah, I mean, same color, but Throw you know, gear at these all this gear. Yeah, all these different flashy uniforms and all the stuff that the university sells. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. the other thing I saw oh. is like the university selling a bu- hats yep. and sweatshirts. It's a whole new line of merchandise yeah. that you can start selling, and you win a big game like that, and all of a sudden people are like, oh, remember well, when we cool. beat CSU in those uniforms? And mm-hmm. now they're selling them at the university, on the university website, and on the university store. On the flip can- side, you remember CSU's football team came out in gray, and Wyoming waxed them at Hughes Stadium. <laughs> they haven't worn those since. No. So it can work both ways. It also shows me that Mr. New Mexico guy doesn't pay much attention to the Wyoming Cowboys, or he would have known they wore those twice, or, you, or they wore those last year when they played CSU as well. Yeah, this isn't the first time that those And you can tell he was just mind-blown, you know, so he doesn't really pay attention it, it, in the It's first one of those place. things. I agree. Like, you kind of look out, and you see the brown and gold all over the arena, you know, just the basic setup of the arena. You know, you have Sailors and Dembo hanging in the rafters, and those are their brown and gold. I get the tradition. I do. Yeah. But it's not something worth getting worked It's up not over. ruined. Uh, no. If that's your takeaway from last night's game, yeah. I am sorry for you. He's, yes. he's just a sad old man, and uh, I have no idea who this guy is, and I don't want to know him. And it took one one message to figure that out. Yep. Uh, anyway, crowd unbelievable, student section unbelievable. I mean, what do you think that gave the Cowboys? Eight points, ten points oh. last night? I mean, it sure messed with Roddy along with Xavier Dussel. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's one of those things where, especially in basketball, home court advantage can be a real thing. And that's exactly what that was last night. That was a true home court advantage. Now, I would throw in 72-20 as well, but CSU, Fort Collins, it's the same. You're not – elevation's not going to mess with teams that badly in that change of elevation. But it's the same concept that if you can get these fans back every time and you do get a team in from Vegas or San Diego that may Mm -hmm. be coming here in a few weeks, Mm -hmm. you know, you might be able to tire those guys out. They don't like coming to Laramie anyway. No. And it's hard to get there. Yeah. yeah. That was the beauty of Steve McClain's heyday, though, is that he ran. His offense was just run him into the dirt or not even playing defense. So you got 10,000 on the average in that building. It was electric all the time. The team was electric. You're talking alley-oops galore, just driving the lane, dunks all over the place. They were they were a lot of fun to watch, and the fans, fans love watching an exciting brand of basketball, and it wasn't. I'm not dumping on the kids that were here under Allen Edwards or even Allen Edwards, but the the brand, even Larry Shiat, that uh, brand is just miserable. I mean, heck, that conference championship game was either, it was 45 43. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Neither team got to 50 no. in a game in 2015. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's fine with me if you win. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. But but yeah. If you're, but it's not that fun. It's not I mean, that you have fun. Josh Adams and Larry Nance, and you're yeah. running the shot clock down to three every time down the court. I mean, yeah. Ugh. And don't get me wrong, those, you know, being my age, one of my favorite teams of all time. Oh, Probably absolutely. my favorite team of all time. And they're I was, flying. I, I was so young during those Mark Bailey years, I went to the sure. games. My parents took me to the games, mm-hmm. but I don't remember it all that right. well. It was special, but, but can you imagine Josh Adams running, just running through teams? Uh, he could have been the all-time leading scorer in Wyoming history. Oh, yeah. We could have a whole nother podcast <laughs> of me talking about how much I love Josh Adams and the dunks that oh, he used incredible. to throw down on dudes. I know. He was fun to watch. I got another question yesterday. Uh, do, do these teams? Do you think these teams have Graham E.K. figured out? No. <laughs> That's why. I, 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 I think we talked about it kind of before 
but uh, he does so much that you have to put multiple guys on. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you put multiple? What's the old thing that every little league basketball coach has said? If it's a double team, somebody else is open. open. That's yeah. what every. That's one of the first things you learn playing yeah. basketball and as if, a kid. If they had him figured out, they wouldn't be double teaming him. Well, and I responded you know? to him by going, Hunter Maldonado has sixty six points in the last two weeks. Yeah. That's what happens. They haven't, exactly. they haven't figured out anything. They're going to have to double uh, him eventually. I mean, truly, I think your simple answer to that guy's question, you could have said no, period, yeah. sent. <laughs> For real. Well, and, and we're talking about EK's off night. He scored 16 last night. Yeah. Still pulled and 5 of 10 from the field, pulled down 8 rebounds. Blocked, had a couple yeah. blocks. Hey, yep, he's still blocks. in the game. You don't have to score 30 to impact the game in a big way. And no. if they double Maldo, EK's getting 35. Yeah, yeah I, Maldo's getting sixteen. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and if the, if they start, you know, putting in defenses where they're going to start guarding Maldo and EK at the same time with a lot of attention, I like my chances with Xavier Ducell and Drake Jeffries and Brendan Wenzel and Odin, Odin. getting feet set threes yes. standing wide open because you have two or three guys sprinting to the paint because twenty four and thirty three are standing there. Mm-hmm. This team just has so many different ways that they can beat you and I think that's what people are starting to figure out. Yeah. And they have so much respect for EK because Maldo kinda gets it around the corner there in the short corner. He'll back him down and it takes them so long if they do rotate, it takes them so long to get two on him anyway. Because they know if they get two on them, EK's open. Yeah. It, Opens up a ton. All right, Kyle, we're uh if you're going to nitpick like so many on the World Wide Web tend to do, um, room for improvement. Where does this team need to improve? If I was going to talk about last night's game in particular, it was guarding back cuts. Um, they got toasted. Not by to call after. out Wenzel, but he he got cooked on a couple. Hunter Thompson did too. Thompson. Thompson did. did. He. I think Thompson gave up the two at Air Force. I mean, Air Force didn't even backdoor cut Wyoming at all, Mm-mm. aside from a couple of that. Thompson was on the receiving end of. Yeah. You know, for me, what the Pokes have to do better moving forward is take care of the basketball a little bit better. I think that that's the big one that got them in trouble a little bit down down at the academy. It got them in trouble a little bit, and that was probably the reason that that game was closer. Yep. And last night... You know, I'm not going to knock Hunter Malnato for anything he did last night, but he did turn the ball over, and he has done that in his career, throughout his career a few times, where he does get a little loose with it. But a lot, a lot of that, I'll take the plays he's making. Yeah, he's over, trying to make a you know, play. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, he gets careless, but it's it's not something. He doesn't make some of those flashy passes like we talked about, where he fires a baseball, skip pass, hits a guy right in his shooting pocket, and it's yeah. up. Yeah. You know, those passes don't happen without a few. You know, I'll take a couple blunders. forced. Forced like entry passes into the post, they look careless for sure, but it's not. I don't know. Well, you turned the ball over eight times last night. You can't do that very often and win. And the Cowboys turned it over seventeen times last night. Uh, Colorado State turned it over thirteen times last night. But I think if you're going to find some areas to gripe, I'm seeing a zero next to Wenzel's name. I'm seeing a zero next to Hunter Thompson's name. I'm seeing one next to Reynolds' name. Reynolds missed a couple of free throws last night. Uh, you need more secondary scoring. Uh, they need Kenny Foster to get healthy. They mm-hmm. need him back. Xavier Ducell only scored five. This guy averages double figures. He's coming off a hamstring. He's going to get better. Um, and if he ends up being the sixth man or Wenzel's the sixth man, uh, they they need to they need production. I'm not saying double digits necessarily, but you need to have better production out of those guys. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think Wenzel last I know he had zero points. So bear with me here. 
I think he made a lot of winning plays oh, last night. That right. offensive, that rebound. offensive rebound. rebound where he yeah. got some, he probably wouldn't have a zero next to his name if he didn't get slammed into the arena auditorium. True. Court. You True. know, in the first half he had a couple offensive but rebounds. Coach gave it, him a lot of credit because his arm he said oh, his arm hurt, so it, he was like, We need a new it, shooter. It, yeah. yeah, he walked over and said it's my shoot it's my shooting arm. Yeah. And so yeah, you bang your shooting arm on the floor. And he is just tough if I mean you go out of that game after banging your arm, you probably think you're done with what would that be? three and a half, four minutes-ish left in the overtime, you're probably like, okay, I'm probably done. We'll see how it goes. All of a sudden, Graham E.K. fouls out. Look down the bench. Who gets up? Number five gets up and runs in the game. I guarantee you he wasn't feeling very good. He was limping around with all the fans. Uh, you know, After the initial very excited thing, you could tell that he had just – been beaten up, and I I applaud a guy for playing through things right. like that. And well, don't get me wrong. Right. No, and I'm not saying that you said well, anything and you, bad. Well, and you don't have to light up the scoreboard to have an effect. No, you game. can contribute no. different Absolutely. ways, no doubt. Absolutely. And I think you do. I mean, Ducell. Ducell steps yeah. in, hits those two big free throws for Wenzel, and mm-hmm. then hits a three. Also, the Roddy thing, um, you know, he had a couple of assists. Uh, plays great defense. Oh, his, defense doesn't show up on the scoreboard. Yeah. He, he absolutely does. And that's something you can always control. And one of those things where coming off a hamstring injury, you never know how a hamstring is going to react. Well, yeah. look, look what an ankle's doing to Kenny Foster. He's yeah. arguably the hard hat guy on this team. Oh, no doubt about it. And so for him to be able to come in and play defense like he had against those – I mean, we just were talking about – Stevens and Moore and how quick they were to be able to stick with those guys and really at the end of the game X was the guy that was on Isaiah Stevens. Yeah, so. he was face guarding him the the whole last part of the game really. And I was keeping an eye on him too because there was a couple possessions um when CSU was on offense and the Pokes did a really good job at getting through picks, getting under picks mm-hmm. and meeting the shooter at the three-point line cuz they wanted to pull the trigger. And they couldn't. How about Stevens with the shot clock violation late in the game? All-time doy-doy play yeah. right there. Doy-doy. They just doy-doy. waited too long to get it going. They just didn't. It was like they didn't know what was going on. They wanted to milk as much. It, it was almost like they wanted the ball to go off of their players' hands as soon as the clock hit zero. Yep. That way two more seconds went off while it was going <laughs> up, and another second went off while they were fighting for the rebound. Yeah. Instead of 9.8 or whatever yeah. it was, it Nine, was eight, 5 yeah. and – all of a sudden, there's nine seconds left, and you just knew. Coach Linder's one of the – I saw a stat on Twitter the other day. Wyoming coming out of a timeout, Yeah, usually good things happen. He draws up – that he gets that whiteboard in his hands, and it just works nearly every time. That's what happened. Drew a foul on EK. Yep. Did you guys notice um, right before that they had that timeout and Linder's drawn something up? CSU's got one timeout left, I believe, and they went into their set, and Medved – called his last time out there and I go what do you think he's gonna do he's got 500 plays off of this set probably I mean not that much but a lot and I bet in the back of coach Linder's mind he's probably going okay he's probably CSU has a timeout this he's probably going to take it and set up his defense the way he wants versus our you know, whatever we set up in, that's probably what's going to He was through. probably playing poker. I for mean, sure. that's one of those chess matches that anyone that wants to uh, play a chess match in the game of basketball against Coach Linder, I will put heavy money on Jeff Linder to win that battle. Mm-hmm. Well, how about this, too? Um, I noticed this when I was going through stats last night and wrote about it. Uh, the Rams' top three marksmen, Isaiah Rivera, John Tanjay, and Isaiah Stevens, combined for just one three pointer on five attempts last night. 
Rivera it contacts or he connects on uh, 56.3 from beyond the arc. He didn't attempt one. And if it wasn't for Roddy, um, who had four, I believe, um, they were six of 20 from behind the arc. They were the 18th ranked team in the nation in three point field, field goal percentage coming into this game. Did Stevens have any? I uh, think he had. I think he had the one. Had yeah, one, one, step for, back. one for two. They, I mean, that's what this Wyoming team does. They guard the arc very well, and for a team like CSU, when that's what how they want to score. I mean, that's what. Uh, I'm going to go back to Coach Wicks' thing on Twitter. Linderlytics, baby. If this is what this team wants to do, we're going to make them do what anything that they don't want. We're going to take away their best weapon. And I thought that's what I, what happened last night because I, I get that it looks bad when you're giving up a lot of layups and stuff like that, and fans can get frustrated. But ultimately, three points is worth more than two points, and that's what the Cowboys were doing. They were saying, if we take away enough threes, yeah. we're going to be in this game and go win it at the end. You can take a couple back cuts. We'll guard the three. Especially against, like you said, a top 20 team in the nation shooting threes. If you let CSU, I watched CSU. I went to school out in Nebraska for a couple years, kind of became a closet Creighton fan. I watched CSU absolutely dominate Creighton in whatever Thanksgiving Day tournament they played in. They hit like 23s in that game, and I was going, oh, this is not cool. I don't. I'm just going. I don't like this. <laughs> um, it was really cool last night, guys, to see too on social media. Uche and Sanu Amadi, uh, Xavion Holiday, uh, former Cowboy of football player, of course, is at Arizona State now. Jason McManaman, former Cowboy, Chris McMillan, even some football players, Solomon Bird, Gavin Beerup, Frank Crum. All weighing in on this game. This got the entire Wyoming community excited. It was good to see the old players so excited watching. I saw a thread on Facebook where Chris McMillan was watching the game. He's an assistant coach now at Central Michigan, but he's watching the Wyoming game, and then you see his former teammates through the post all sharing pictures of their TV with the game on. So That's cool. We haven't seen that in so long around here. It's just really special to see. Well, and I think it just shows how much – a winning team can reunite a family, so to speak. You know, a every, family that got hammered uh, by the uh, transfer portal. Uh, and, and that, <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's very fragmented. That's what I mean. This <laughs> this fan base and this alumni base needed something to be excited about because you're right. At the end of football season, yeah, you go win the Potato Bowl in dominating fashion, and then you look at your roster, and it's like, well, all right, we'll see who's playing next year, and. All of a sudden, this basketball team, you know, that no one's paid attention to in like two years, you're off to this undefeated start through what, what, when the Pokes went down to Arizona, 8 0, 9 0 at that yeah. point, or, or whatever. And people are like, well, is this team for real? Or is this going to be one of those Wyoming years where they pretend like they're good and then taper off? And Easy, well, no uncommon. Yeah, schedule. you know what I mean? Uh, Anyone that wants to say that, I will argue them to the death on that one. I saw it's some. It's the of people that. who oh, don't have a clue. No, that's what I mean. It's the people that yeah. don't pay attention. Oh, well, Washington's not any Grand good. Canyon's Grand Canyon's an online Canyon's, school. Grand Canyon's a whack school. And <laughs> Fullerton plays in a volleyball gym. They're second in their conference right now. That yeah. might be an NCAA tournament. No, game. I mean, you look at the losses are good losses, honestly, if you want to put it that Stanford's way. Stanford's on the hurt. bubble. Yeah. But, I mean, I've watched them play. They, they knocked off USC twice yeah. already. Yeah. Um, who was like fifth the first time and fifteenth last week? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they're they their losses aren't as bad as Colorado State's. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Well, UNLV at home. Yeah, getting blasted. Yeah. When I was 
going through some stuff thinking about this Wyoming CSU game. CSU didn't play their first true road game until January. Mm-hmm. Wyoming played their they played at Washington on November 18th, played two more true road games in November and another one at Arizona in December. Plus the tournament in Hawaii, which is a neutral site game, I get that. But that's unbelievable to me that a team that is supposed to be an NCAA tournament team coming into the year doesn't want to go test themselves on the road against mm-hmm. anybody. To me, that's just kind of a maybe you're not looking at what the NCAA tournament committee is looking for yes. when you're coming from a smaller conference. You have to do everything in your power to set yourself up for you know your net ranking, whatever it is. I know that that who knows what any of those numbers really mean, <laughs> but the people that make the decisions sure care about those numbers, so they yeah. damn well better be good. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And it seems to me that maybe that school down south didn't really think about it. They played Creighton. They played St. Mary's at home, Mississippi State in Fort Worth, Texas. Like, yeah. So the Alabama game got axed. Alabama right? yes, game got that canceled. Was that, was be be neutral. In, that was going to be in Fort Worth as well. Uh, that, I believe Fort I think Worth. it was – I think it was like Birmingham. Okay, Birmingham. yeah, it was going to be somewhat. Which I guess that's still, and you know, that's basically a home game. But it's not. You're not going to their gym, no, to their campus where they're comfortable in and practicing every day. Yep. And I think that's what Coach Linder and Coach Deweese. I know he does a lot of the scheduling for the Pokes. That's where they did a great job. They wanted to go test themselves and say, I think we got a pretty good team, but let's go see. Well, and you can't get anybody to come teams. to Laramie anyway. No. So you got to go build your resume on the road. Which really, and it also really strengthens. Your confidence when oh, you can go yes. play with them in conference or in your conference schedule. Absolutely, you know. A- absolutely. Looking back at last night, I wonder if the Rammies maybe wish they scheduled a couple non-conference games in somebody else's gym f- to be in situation. Maybe Roddy had already shot some big free throws down the stretch in somebody mm-hmm. else's gym. First ones he's done all year, you know. Yeah, it's you, one of those things where, and maybe that's me reading too far into it, but. It's it got to make hurt. an impact no. because you can't tell me that um, Wyoming's players going to Tucson and playing in that gym doesn't elevate their confidence in places like Boise State. And to win the second half in Tucson. That if, too. You know, if you're taking small victories yeah. from that yeah. one, it is what it is. I mean, you walk into that McHale Center in Tucson and you walk through their back tunnels or whatever to get to the floor – you're walking through and you see Lute Olson holding a national championship, tro- and you're yep. going, "Okay, this is no longer, you know, this is big time college basketball right here, and this is a really damn we watched good that Arizona game and team." We said that might be oh. the best team in America. Oh. Yeah, I'm like, this this is going to be a one seed, perhaps. Oh, I was sitting during our pregame show watching Arizona warm up, watching Dalen Terry and Benedict Matherin, who may win the Wooden Award. Yes, and I'm watching these guys shoot and dunk, and I'm just going. Oh my God! How are these guys the same species of human as yeah, some other people? Like, how is that guy the same species as me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, they're a damn good team, no question about it. Uh, so the Cowboys pull off the win once again, eighty-four seventy-eight in overtime over CSU. The Cowboys are now seventeen and three overall, six and one in Mountain West Conference play. Big, 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 big game coming up Thursday inside the double-A. Boise State in town. Cowboys feel like they let one get away in Boise. Uh, Leon Rice versus Jeff Linder. That's, you know, you talked about it earlier, that how they're so consistent. It's because they're old. And that's where usually the mid-majors that make it deep into tournaments, the NCAA tournaments more specifically, are old because they've – been around the block, and Boise State is one of the oldest teams, yet their best player is their youngest. Uh, that was the guy that I walked out of that 
arena in Boise going, oh, man, Tyson Dagenhart is a really, really good player. And he doesn't look like a freshman. I mean, he was no. warming up in warm-ups. He didn't have his jersey on. He didn't have a shooting shirt on. He just had one of those tight, you know, tank tops on the dry fit tank tops. And you just look at this guy and you go, oh, man, like where did you find this guy? Why you got out of Spokane, Washington? Now I get Gonzaga's recruiting a different type of player. He could play but, at Washington. Uh, he could Washington play at Washington. State. Washington State. I mean, he is a really, really good player. And as we talked about with Dutrieve getting removed from that team, whether he quit or got removed, whatever happened, I don't know what happened there. But Dagenhart was kind of the guy that benefited the most from that. And all of a sudden, he's won. Freshman of the week five times in the conference. Five times, yeah. I was just about to bring that up. He, you know, he's kind of got some Maldonado in him. He's very versatile. He stepped right uh, in and took he, care of business against EK. He was the guy who stepped in when Armish yeah. got into foul trouble. Dagenhart was the guy who stepped in, and you know, EK had the mismatch there. But I'll tell you what, Tyson Dagenhart didn't back down from him, and that's saying something for a kid that's a freshman playing against one of the player of the year candidates in the Mountain West. Yeah. You know, it's not a secret that at that point, this point in the year, you know, EK and Maldo should both be in consideration for it. I don't know who's yeah. going to win it. but Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. Player of the year should I, – I was posed that question last night myself. Is Hunter Maldonado the Mount, right now the Mountain West player of the year? So he's third in points. He's the only player in the country who averages, what, 16, 8, and 6 or something like that? Something in that range. Only player in the country. He is leading the league in assists, and he's like 14th in rebounds. Do you think it's him a combo. not being flashy hurts him? Yes. Because uh, he's such a workman. I, I think it does, but at the same time, I – if you're talking Mountain West Player of the Year, he has got to be in the conversation. He's on – he's maybe the most – I mean, God, it's so hard to say the best player on one of the best teams because – Is have, he the best player on Wyoming's team? Because we talked uh, about it. EK, I, I, EK opens I, up a lot. EK, I, if EK's not on the court, is Maldonado doing what he's doing right now? I think that either one of those guys – I mean – there's no correct answer. Like I don't think they're going to probably say, hurt themselves by uh, yeah. oh, splitting yeah. votes. Yeah. And the thing that I love about this team is I don't think either one of those guys care. Oh, uh, you know, not, obviously no. they. W- I'm sure both of them would love it. It would be awesome. But if they take some votes away from each other because well, people are going to split votes on who they think Wyoming's best player is. Who cares? They're both yeah, going. That who means cares? Wyoming's really good. <laughs> and I think it's going to come down to how high Wyoming finishes in the standings, the final standings. For conference play, that's going to come into it. Because who else is even who's in the consideration? I mean, can you say that Marcus Shaver's in there? I mean, he's making clutch shots, but he's you know I don't know that Boise really. I mean, Dagenhart statistically maybe is their best chance. They're kind of the same way. You know, they're kind of like Wyoming. Which when you look at we've talked about Wyoming and Boise State are very mirror images of each other. But Wyoming's way younger, which can be a a very positive thing. Yeah, sometimes uh, you're too young to know the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That, I see that a lot with um, Noah Reynolds. Oh, and I think last night he didn't play all that well, but I think playing in an environment like that was going to only help him. Yeah, I can't remember what game it was, but in one of our post-game interviews with Coach Linder, he called uh, Noah Reynolds an irrational confidence guy. Yeah. He has irrational yeah, confidence yeah. about himself. And yep. that is uh, when he said that, I was like, that's exactly what he looks like. He looks like a guy that has no fear in nope. any situation he's in. And you know what? He might do really well he might not do really well like he did i mean shit when we were at nevada 
he guarded Grant Sherfield. Oh yeah, he guarded Grant Sherfield coming off COVID after getting off of a plane in Logan, Utah, by himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, he walked off the plane, walked onto the bus, and walked off with the flight attendants, and was like, "I'm a rock star, man! Like yeah. I just had a personal flight." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I was impressed last night. It's a very small thing, a thing that maybe even you guys overlooked. But when he missed that second free throw, he hauled ass to go get the rebound, and he damn near had it. Hey, I think he got put. Yeah. He didn't just fall on the ground by himself. He had the ball, and all of a sudden yeah. it was out of his hand, and he was laying on the ground. Yeah. I'm no mathematician, but something <laughs> happened there. Well, that's a winning play. That is an absolute winning play. So the road doesn't get much easier after Boise State. Fresno State on the road Sunday um, up there at the, what's that place called? The St. Mark Center. Center. And then uh, the Utah State Aggies, who are still a very dangerous team, are going to be. They're starting to play better. Yeah, too. they are. Mm-hmm. They beat San Diego State. Uh, they'll be in Laramie on Tuesday night. Um, before we get off basketball for some quick football stuff, I want to throw out a shout-out to the Outlaws of Moby. <laughs> what an incredibly great job they did last night raising hell for CSU with their upside-down Colorado flag in their cowboy gear. Cowboy hats. Yeah, that's the greatest part. <laughs> We're painting the double A green. Yeah. There's seven of you that f- no doubt fit in your mom's soccer van on the way here. <laughs> I mean, give me a gigantic break, would you please? They had their Colorado State flag upside down the entire game, and they're dressed as cowboys. Yeah. I mean, what the f- hell are we doing? That way, when you lose, you throw a jacket on, put yep. your chin down, and walk out of the, walk out lot, of the arena. I saw a lot of coats go over at CSU shirts <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> well, it's cold outside. Come on. Oh, Come on, yeah. guys. Gotta get a CSU coat. Yeah, give That's the what outlaw, we do. give the outlaws of Moby some credit here. Oh, that was that was. Uh, I can count them. I'm seeing a picture right now. I can literally count them. There's seven of them. Seven. <laughs> the outlaws of Moby. It's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, and they tweeted out. Um, Funny how Wyoming fans are delusional about their great student section when Moby Arena, which is seven thousand seats smaller than the Arena Auditorium, averages two thousand more students per game. We talked about that. They live within a 50-mile radius of about 3 million people. Their student population is how many? 32,000? 30, 34 if you're counting post-grads. 34,000, which is bigger than Laramie. It's nearly three times the size yeah. of the University yeah. of Wyoming. That would be what? The fourth or fifth biggest city in Wyoming? Yeah. On a Monday CSU night students? when nothing so, else is going on. Where were they last night? I don't know. I mean, we got the, the outlaws showed up, all seven of them. But we're – I mean – these guys just don't think, and, and it's not just the outlaws of Moby. Uh, there's so many people that are just so damn delusional. It drives me absolutely insane. You actually sat down and tweeted that and didn't even think things through. And let's be real. Moby's a crackerjack box. It's an auxiliary gym. It's hard to play there. It's, it's really no, hard. They're on top of you. Because yeah. it's oh. small. Yeah. Guaranteed. But in 02, when there were 70% Wyoming fans, their little light-up ram in the in the back of the back of the uh, gym there lit up every time the Cowboys scored. I'm not even going to get into what I think that little light-up ram really looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know where you're going with that. <laughs> Upsi- I'm, not, I'm just going to put that out Well, there. if you turn it upside down, too, it kind of looks like some female parts. You can get, <laughs> you, you can get creative with that thing. Maybe not the best uh, stadium design thing, but it tells you how loud you're being, so whatever. you got to do yeah. what you got to do. Well, make sure to follow the Outlaws of Moby. They have 250 followers right right now they need some help so <laughs> feel free to follow them they uh they're they think they're cowboys so really unique uh, little pretty flattering really unique little group they came up with dressed as their arch rivals uh mascot i mean can you imagine a bunch of 
Wyoming students. Uh, it's not even a – never mind. I'm not, <laughs> gonna go, I'm not even yeah. going to go there. I'm not even going to go there. They don't even deserve me going there, so I'm not going to go there. Well, it's just low-hanging fruit. And uh, talk about a big one. They have San Diego State at home this week. Uh, really big game for the Rams all of a sudden. Who Wyoming essentially has a three-game lead now over in the uh, standings. Rams are staring a three-game losing streak right in the mm-hmm. face. Then they go to Nevada after that. Not a fun place to play. I mean, uh, you don't expect – the loss to UNLV, but when a guy like Bryce Hamilton has a career night, what do you do? 45. I mean, yeah, you go yeah. for 45, it's tough to beat a team like that. But CSU's man. handing out career nights like Oprah. <laughs> I saw, I actually. Uh, uh, <laughs> <a> career <laughs> One of my favorite things to do after a meltdown CSU loss, which last time was a meltdown, it was just no. a really good basketball game. But, you know, when CSU has a loss like that, whether it's football or basketball, I like to go scroll through all oh, their Twitter feeds. And one of my favorite stuff hobbies. Like that. And. Uh, the most rational Rams fan I saw, he said, you know what? The refing was what it was, blah, blah, blah. Laramie was what it was. The Cowboys were what they were. This is back-to-back nights where the Rams are giving up career nights to guys. That's not a winning formula. If, no. It, allowing guys to go off for career nights consistently is not, not – uh, not, No, that's not a recipe for success. And all of a sudden, a team that was a preseason NCAA tournament team Pick to finish. I'm not going to say the three letters that everybody's (laughs) thinking, but I know it it, it rhymes with mitt. Yeah, dude. I I must admit, one of my favorite uh, favorite things in the world is early in football season when CSU, no doubt, craps down their leg, and my buddies will text me and be like, "Oh God, are you watching this? You got to turn it on right now!" Like I'm hard as a towel rack. (laughs) So then I turn it on, and then I just go right to Twitter and watch the implosion, and it is absolutely. It's it's addictive. Mm-hmm. Oh, it really is because they jump off a cliff. Wyoming fans jump off oh, a cliff too. I, it, but I think all fan bases have it in them. But <laughs> when it's your arch rival doing yes. it, like it's entertaining. I'm sure that when Wyoming has one of those losses, they enjoy scrolling through it too as much as we do. But, oh, I turn my phone off. Uh, oh, we will like that game. <laughs> yeah. no, I, uh, you know what the most depressing thing? Okay, if I have anything to gripe about from last night. Craig Bull was there, and he fired up the t- he oh. fired up the student section. He went to practice. I heard on Sunday and told them the meaning of this game and they, you, how important it is. You got to bring the bronze boot out. I know. What are you doing? I don't know. I I thought for sure it was. I remember being a kid going to yes. games. The, the whole the team would go have out. The boot. You'd walk them out at halftime, and yeah. everyone would go crazy. And I'm sure the Rams fans enjoyed that. But I will say, Craig Bull was standing. Just behind me and to my right, with yep. he and his wife mm-hmm. for nearly the whole game, he was not being there just to be a football coach there to you know watch there because it's probably the right thing he should do against a big rival. He and his wife were openly cheering oh, and fist pumping right behind the cowboy yeah. bench. I was like, man, that's pretty cool. You you know that your head football coach has the grip of the situation, and you know I know he and Linder have gotten to have a pretty good relationship in the short time linder's been here but i thought that was pretty cool he and his wife to stand right behind and get fired up for the team i mean i I, and i could just see it out of the corner of my eye i wasn't sitting there you know turning around staring at i was doing a fair (laughs) share of cheering myself but that was a huge missed opportunity though not to bring the bronze but you could also look at it like this is this is kind of getting i mean we kind of own this rivalry or wyoming kind of owns the rivalry over csu in football just kind of like hey just to just, just kind of another day. Yeah. You know? I don't know. When I saw him, though, I, I even stood up at halftime and grabbed my phone and had the video ready because oh. I knew he was going to come out with the bronze boot, and he never did. Uh, yeah. I, Damn it. That was a – the white shirt's really good. 
not bringing the boot out, not so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to yeah. gripe about anything, that's what you gripe about. Come on. Well, speaking of football, um, you probably don't even know this, but tomorrow is National Signing Day. Uh, the official signing day for college football. <laughs> Most of the damage, of course, has already been done. Uh, their Cowboys are not expected to have uh, a number of guys they are signing. I am being told by a source that they are going to announce some walk-ons that, uh, that they've brought on. Um, one of those, no doubt, being TJ Urban, the safety out of the Air Force Academy, who wasn't mentioned with the uh, transfers because um, he's technically a walk-on right now, I'm told. So uh, the Cowboys are expected to ink Carson York, a, a long snapper out of McKinney, Texas. Kyle, you looked it up. He's a five-star. Five we didn't star. even know there was such thing. Yep. He's Cole's a Kicking Academy. Cole's Kicking Academy, five-star long snapper. And, you know, if once you stop laughing, um, it's big. It's a big deal. I mean, you only hear about long snappers when they screw up, but the Cowboys have had a real problem at the long snapper spot. They had to use a couple of guys last year. They had to burn a guy's red shirt last year. Uh, big deal to solidify that position because they are super important. Yeah, it's important. Holders are important. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Like That's a position that if you're doing your job, you don't hear about them. Yeah. Yep. So big deal for that. Big deal to get him for the, you know, that. it's not sexy. I get it. It's not sexy. But, hey, these are the uh, blue-collar guys who get the job done, and, and when they don't, then we bitch. So uh, so one signing expected for the Cowboys tomorrow. They said another guy is on the fence and maybe deciding tonight. I'm also told, uh, I have to look it up here, but um, tweeted out there's a, a guy who is, the Cowboys are in his final four. That is uh, Jalen Davis Robinson, a kid out of Waxahachie, Texas. Um, he tweeted out yesterday that uh, – he will be signing tomorrow at 9 a.m. in the mid the uh, main gym there at his high school. It's coming down between uh, Boston College, LSU, Oregon, and Wyoming. I'm told that uh, Wyoming is not his selection, but hey, having him in there with those other Power Five schools, it's a pretty good pub for the University of Wyoming, right there. Never a bad thing to have your picture, your jersey on the same graphic, you know, yeah. like your hat being on the table, whatever this, yeah. Yeah. you know, kid has planned for his. Well, it showed Wyoming it, made an impact yeah. on him. It showed that he gave Wyoming some legit thought. Yeah. So, um, you Doesn't know, hurt. it's nice. I mean, you don't see these graphics often with the, you see them early, like really when early in the recruiting. schools <laughs> yeah. on them. Yeah. Anyone that sent the kid Narrowed a letter. it down to 50. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Must be nice. What a problem to have. <laughs> Yep. So yeah, don't expect uh, too much craziness from uh, from National Signing Day tomorrow. I'm not sure if Craig Bowles even going to be available. Haven't seen a uh, email yet. Just saw one on Jeff Linder will be available, I believe, tomorrow. But haven't heard anything yet. Oh, yep, I have. Tomorrow, Wednesday, there'll be a Zoom call. Imagine my surprise. February second uh, for the media tomorrow at three thirty p.m. So uh, we will be talking to Craig Bull tomorrow. We have not talked to Craig Bull since uh, since the 10, the infamous 10 left. But the Cowboys did replenish that with six and got some got some big guys, got some power five guys, showed that they can go do that. So um, I wouldn't jump off a bridge just yet. So uh, that's what's happening tomorrow. And then, of course, we would be remiss if we didn't give a shout-out to the governor of Wyoming Mr. Logan Wilson, congratulations to the Natrona County alum who will be playing in the Super Bowl with the upstart Cincinnati Bengals. 
What a win that was. That was fun. I was very glad that the (laughs) Bengals won that. And I don't know what it – obviously cheering for Logan Wilson like crazy. I don't know what it is about Joe Burrow. That guy's just cool. He's awesome. That guy's just cool. Yeah, you can't not root against him. He is 100% in the conversation that Josh Allen and Mahomes and all these guys are in, Justin Herbert. AFC's got some damn good quarterbacks. And the Broncos don't have one of them. No. They're about to have a guy that played in Wisconsin for I a lot of years. I hope so. I Gosh, hope you're right. I hope you're right. <laughs> I really hope you're right. Me too. I'm a Vikings fan. Get him the <laughs> hell out of Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, but what a what a what an early career for Logan Wilson, um, leading the playoffs in tackles, and he just does it quietly. And the big the, pick against Tennessee, the huge pick against Tennessee, and he just. His humility, and he's just such a good dude. I mean, he's wearing Wyoming State flag. I haven't heard anybody gripe about that yet. Wyoming State yeah. flag thigh pads. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, that kid gets it, man. He shows up to games with cowboy hat on and bucking horses on his jacket. and He reps. He reps it. He he bleeds it. He does. And that's why he's nicknamed the governor. I mean, absolutely. Uh, guy's a stud. No guy that you could be more happy for than Logan Wilson doing this. I mean, it's so cool. How often does a guy from Wyoming make – a professional sports league, let alone have an impact on a, a major impact. I'm not even going to say impact, a major impact yeah. on a championship team. You know, they yeah. won the AFC championship. A championship it, team that has a history of being dismal. Yeah. The Bungles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to have a, you know, have a Wyoming kid with a green dot on his helmet in the Super Bowl. Yeah, really incredible. And somebody had a really good point the other day. When was the last time a Wyoming native who played for the Wyoming Cowboys was in the Super Bowl? I didn't do a lot of research on this, but I believe it was Jerry Hill and the Baltimore Colts. Mm. And Jerry Hill is from Lingo, like Wyoming. 60s. Yeah. yeah. I believe that's Yeah, I don't it. even – I mean, I know there's been some Wyoming – players that have won Super Bowls and some Wyoming natives that have won Super Bowls, but not necessarily ones that have done gone. Both. Yeah, to me, done to both. me, though, if you're a Wyoming native and you didn't go to Wyoming, yeah, I couldn't be less interested in you <laughs> or your career or anything about you. And maybe that's just my stubbornness growing up here, but I I have no desire. I don't celebrate Brady Papinga. <laughs> I cannot stand the bearded freak that was in Pittsburgh. And you know why. Mm-hmm. We don't have to get too deep into that. Not proud. I'm not proud of Clint Oldenburg for being on Madden or whatever the hell his star rating on Madden. I'm not proud. I'm not proud of went that. Went to our rivals. Yeah. You're, you're not dumb. even just left the state. Yeah. Went to the teams that we hate the You most. torched oh, your yeah. man card on the way out the door. Oh, I'm yeah. not interested in you. Yeah. So, like, people always say, well, Boyd Dowler caught the first touchdown in Super Bowl history. Yeah. He went, went, to, see he went to Colorado. Oh, yeah. Not impressed. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, great, cool. I mean, whatever. But you wouldn't be. You imagine how much Boyd Dell would be celebrated if he went to Wyoming? Mm-hmm. A lot more. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot more. more. All these guys. Oh, yeah. So, you know, Brett Kiesel winning it, that did nothing on my Richter scale. Nothing. <laughs> In fact, it just bummed me out. <laughs> so, not impressed. So, anyway. Uh, it's kind of your rundown on Wyoming sports. Also want to mention, too, Tyler Hall does play for the Los Angeles Rams, who will be playing the Cincinnati Bengals. He is uh, he is um, on the practice squad. We talked about it beforehand. I don't know if crack staff can bring it up here, but I don't know if you can expand your rosters for the Super Bowl or if Tyler Hall will dress. But no doubt if L.A. wins that game, he's getting a big fat rock on his hand. Which, that's... Worth you know, you still go through the grind of being an NFL player, even yeah. on the practice squad. You don't necessarily play on Sundays. I know he's gotten in a couple of games this year. You know, active throughout the year, but still cool. Anytime you see a cowboy that you know yeah. is going to get to take the picture and post the picture with the big old diamonds and. 
for maybe the first time in a long time, no matter who wins, there's going to be a cowboy that gets a big, yep. fat, shiny ring. Yep. Well, and, and think about the future here, guys. I mean, with Josh, and there's going to be some, some Wyoming Cowboys that are making, like you said, a huge impact on the NFL landscape. Hopefully Muma. Muma. Oh. I, I just saw a tweet from Todd McShay that has him – he thinks he could be a second rounder. I think that I. Would I can be, see that. And I would Logan's be, helped him. Uh, oh, absolutely. And Logan was, admits he's b- 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 all but better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could. I would be shocked if Chad Muma was still available after day two mm-hmm. of the NFL oh, I draft. Don't, totally day two. I mean, yeah, he'll. It, no he's way. gone after day two, and quite frankly, round two. I, if there are better linebackers in the country, show them to me because yeah. I watched that guy for. Four years in Egypt. I mean, from his very I, – I believe it was the Missouri game when he met a guy in the hole yep. and knocked – I mean, knocked him backwards. And you yep. just go, whoa. Who's that was this a great guy? day for the linebackers in general. Ben oh, yeah. Wisdorf forcing ben a football at the goal line. That was sweet. We'll have to get Ben on the show. And no doubt I'm going to be bugging Logan Wilson this offseason, he, <laughs> which he makes his home here still, oh, yeah, which yeah. is fantastic. And I'll definitely be bugging him. Hopefully we have a Super Bowl champion roaming around the hallways here and doing some shows with us. So. Really special guy. Really happy for him. Happy for the Bengals. Happy for that organization. Mostly happy that Jackson Mahomes and his girlfriend, or Patrick Mahomes' girlfriend, are not going to be a thing. <laughs> I'm super excited about that. I'd like to bury both of them under a lettuce patch. So, and I, I can't stand Patrick Mahomes either. I'm, I, to me, the Chiefs are the most hateable organization in all of the NFL, and I'm couldn't be more ecstatic to see them out. I hate Travis Kelsey so much. <laughs> I hate Tyreek Hill so much. I'm just, I hate him. I'm pumped that those guys are gone. To me, it's one of those things where I'm just glad that Mahomes doesn't have his second Super Bowl already yep. because I kind of sense this whole uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes thing. Mm-hmm. Them, they're going to keep seeing each other in big games. By the way, Mahomes completely shit down his leg. The second half. Oh, oh he did. And nobody. I mean, this is my problem with it is nobody calls it out. No, absolutely. It's like he's got this halo around him. He was terrible. He was bad. Terrible right. bad. Like, what happened? Uh, I don't know. And he went through a stretch in the year where he was mm-hmm. not good and nobody really said, everyone, oh, the Chiefs will figure it out, Chiefs will figure it out. Well, they did figure it out for a couple weeks. And yeah. then one half derailed you against – Joe Cool. Mm-hmm. And what was he, three for 11? Couple picks. Yeah. He was really bad. I just can't he imagine so if, out of sorts. if Josh or Burrow or any of these other guys oh, would have had a sword. half like that. I mean, they would have gotten beat oh, up. Especially if it was Josh. They would have been like, see? Dude, like, our draft. What have you our been draft telling you? Uh, Analysis, analysis right was on. correct. Yeah. At, so many people are just waiting for him to fail so they can go back to his uh, draft yeah. day. Freaking uh, stupid. Uh-huh. Well, we could talk about our hatred of the Chiefs yeah. all day long and Josh getting slided and the outlaws of Moby, but we better let you go. We're on an hour and a half. That blew by. I don't know about for you guys. I thought that was really good and really fun talking about the Cowboys. And I think a game like last night deserved an hour and a half mm-hmm. because it was that good. It, it was incredible. One of the best games I've been to in that building. Yeah. It, you know, in recent Wyoming basketball history. Instant I'm sure classic. there are people that have seen a lot of games, a lot more games than me that can throw out games, but heck, I was let's born in 1998. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if uh, Thursday night can scratch the surface of how good that was, and I have a feeling it's going to. Yeah. So really excited to get over to Laramie. Hopefully the weather holds off so everybody can get over to Laramie and we can see another crowd like that because they need it. That would be a huge win. Cowboys would be in control of their own destiny. Mm-hmm. That early in the season with, what, I think 11 games left after that one, that would be a really big deal. There's a long road to hoe here. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's – 
just if they beat Boise State, this thing isn't over by a long shot. But, man, what a lift. Who would have thought Cowboys in first place in February? Uh, if you would have told me that two years ago, I'd have laughed in your face. <laughs> me too. <laughs> uh, good problem. Good problems. No really doubt. excited for Thursday night. So thanks again for joining us. Uh, Grant, appreciate you coming on, man. I hope to have you on a heck of a lot more here. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. You got a front row seat. Anytime. I, I, I enjoy talking. <laughs> if you can't tell, I enjoy talking Wyoming athletics. We all do. Always. Yep. Kyle, appreciate you as always being on, and uh, let's have some fun on Thursday. See you guys. <laughs>